Did you know Granny McDuff now has a Patreon? You can get all episodes ad-free. Games, puzzles, calendars, and more. You can even get discounts off Granny merch. Sign up now on Patreon. Go to GrannyMcDuffENT.com for more information. Good evening, children. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a story. So make yourselves comfy, and I'll begin. Once upon a time, there lived a rich king who had three lovely daughters. Every day, the girls and their father would go for a walk in the palace gardens. You see, the king was a great lover of nature. He especially loved trees. But there was only one that he held a particular affection for, an apple tree on the edge of the gardens which gave an abundance of fruit Anyone who dared pick an apple would be sentenced to the underground forever. No one ever dared go near it. When it came time for the harvest, the tree's apples were as bright red as any you've ever seen, and their skin so fine it gleamed in the sunlight. It was truly a sight of beauty. The three princesses would go every day to see if one of the apples had fallen to the ground. But the wind had not managed it. Every apple was still attached to the tree. In fact, there were so many of these glorious apples on the tree that it was almost breaking. Some branches had held so many that they hung down to the ground. But one day, the youngest princess had a sudden desire for an apple. It was so great that she could not resist. She told her sisters, Father loves us far too much to send us to the underground. Surely that is only meant for strangers. And she plucked one of the largest apples from a branch and took a bite. She ran to her sisters and said, Taste it, dear sisters. Never in my life have I tasted something so delicious. They each took a bite. Suddenly, the ground opened up and swallowed the girls right up. They sank and sank and sank. And when they stopped, they found themselves in a dungeon far beneath the Earth's surface. When supper time arrived, the king went to call them to table. But they were nowhere to be found. He searched and searched, but the girls were gone. He made it known to all in the land that whoever found his daughters would be given permission to be a suitor to one of them. Countless young men throughout the land went in search of the girls. It was not just to have the chance to marry one of them, but the girls were deeply loved by everyone, for they were good and kind to all. Three young huntsmen also went out in search of the princesses. They searched the land for days with no luck. But on the eighth day, they came to a castle. They watered and fed their horses before rushing inside. The castle was beautifully appointed, and in the banquet hall, 
they found a long table with food so fresh from the kitchen it was still steaming. Not one human being was to be found inside the whole castle. The huntsmen thought this rather strange, so they waited. And after half a day, the food was still warm and steaming, just as it had been when they arrived. How odd, they thought. But they were starving, and so they sat at the table and feasted. They decided that they would stay and live in the castle, but that each day one of them, chosen by picking sticks, would remain in the castle while the other two went out in search of the king's daughters. The eldest picked the shorter stick, and so he was to remain in the castle. The next day the two younger huntsmen left to continue the search. At midday, a small man appeared. He was just two feet tall and wore a pointy blue hat. Please, sir, may I have a piece of bread? The huntsman gave him half, but the little man dropped it. Please, sir, would thou be so kind as to uh, give it to me again? The huntsman huffed and puffed, but he stooped to pick it up, and the little man took out his stick, grabbed the huntsman by the hair, and gave him a good thrashing. The next day, the second eldest stayed at the castle and he too met the little man and fared no better than the eldest. When the other two returned, they said, We've had no luck finding the princesses. Tomorrow we search again. How have you got on? Very badly, cried the second eldest huntsman. And he and the eldest lamented together, for they had both had the misfortune of meeting the little man. But they said nothing to the youngest about it, for they had never particularly liked him. He was called Hans, and they did not think he belonged in the forest. The next day, Hans, the youngest, stayed at the castle, and the little man appeared yet again. He asked for a piece of bread, and when he dropped it, he said, Sir, would thou be so kind as to hand it to me again? Hans replied, I beg your pardon? You cannot pick it up yourself. If you cannot manage that, then you do not deserve to have it. The little man grew very angry. He threw his pointy hat on the floor and cried, Pick it up! I will not! Then Hans grabbed the little man and gave him a thrashing. The little man screamed, Stop! Stop! I beg thou, stop! and I shall tell thou where the three daughters of the king can be found, if thou wilt let me go. Hans stopped, and the little man said, I am a gnome, you see, an earth gnome. We live deep down under the surface. There are thousands of us. If you will go with me, I will show you where the king's daughters are. Hans agreed, and followed the gnome to a deep well just outside the castle walls. There was no water in it, and it was very deep. The gnome said, Your companions do not plan to do right by you. This I know. If you wish to bring the princesses home to their father, you must do it alone. Your companions will also be happy to return them, but they do not want to face any trouble or danger. You must take a large basket, sit in it, and be let down slowly, mind you. Once at the bottom, you will find three rooms. 
in each room is a princess guarded by a many-headed dragon who she must care for and comb every day. You must vanquish the dragons and save the princesses. And with that, the gnome vanished. When the huntsmen returned that evening, they asked, How did you fare today, our fine Hans? Well, quite well so far, Hans replied. A little gnome came here and asked for bread. I gave him quite a chunk and when he took it, he dropped it. He asked me to pick it up and when I refused, he threw quite a tantrum. And so I gave him a thrashing. He begged me to stop in exchange for telling me the whereabouts of the king's daughters, which he did. At hearing this, Hans's two companions grew pea-green with anger. The next morning, they went to the well and drew sticks to see who would go down first. Again, the eldest was first. He took a bell with him. If I ring, you must bring me up immediately, he said. Of course, replied Hans. The eldest sat in the basket and was lowered down. After going only a short distance, he rang the bell and his companions drew him up right away. And so the second seated himself in the basket and was lowered down. Again, after just a few seconds, he rang and was brought back up. Hans loaded himself into the basket and was lowered, allowing himself to go all the way to the bottom. When he got out of the basket, he took his sword in his hand and walked down a long tunnel. He found the first door and he could hear the dragon snoring. He opened the door and saw the princess sitting on her bed, combing each of the nine heads of the dragon. He vanquished the dragon and took the princess from the room. Thank you, sir. I am forever in your debt, she cried. Hans put his finger to his lips, for he could hear the next dragon, who was also snoring behind the second door. He found the second princess sitting on the bed, combing the five heads of the dragon who held her captive. He vanquished the dragon and took her from the room. She threw her arms around him and said, oh, Our saviour, how can we ever repay you? Again, Hans put his fingers to his lips, but he could not hear any snoring coming from the third room. And when he opened the door, the dragon heads, of which there were three, breathed fire at him. He hid behind the door but dropped his sword. And when the dragon ran out of breath, Hans peeked out and saw the youngest princess running from her bed to his sword, and to his astonishment, she vanquished the dragon. He could not believe his eyes. She dropped the sword and said simply, My father taught me to wield as a child. And they all rejoiced. The youngest princess said to Hans, Thank you, huntsman. And she smiled at him. Hans was smitten. He took the girls to the basket and one at a time put them in and rang the bell. And when it came the youngest princess's turn, she turned to him and said, I should like to take you for a husband once we return. It will be the first thing I tell my father. She took her golden necklace from her neck and placed it around his. And then she kissed him. Pray, tell me your name, Hans said. 
Mirabelle, she replied. And with that, the princess hopped into the basket and disappeared up the well. When it came time for his turn, Hans remembered what the gnome had told him about his companions, that they did not have good intentions for him. And so he placed a great stone in the basket. And when it was halfway up, the huntsman cut the rope and the basket with the stone crashed down. Traitors, Hans thought. Hans felt his days were numbered, for he had no way to get up the well. The two huntsmen thought him dead, and so took the princesses on the journey back to their father, the king. By nightfall, the huntsmen stopped and built a fire. Sit down, they ordered the princesses. Once the fire was lit, the huntsmen told the princesses, You'll not say a word to your father, the king, about Hans. It was us who rescued you, and us alone. Mirabelle knew better than to argue with them, for she had a plan. The next day, they arrived home. The king was overjoyed to see his children. The huntsmen demanded that they each have a princess as a wife and be given titles and land. The king told them, Come now, let us rejoice that you have brought my children home to me and tomorrow we will see about your reward. The huntsmen knew they had no choice but to accept and so they waited. Meanwhile, Hans wandered through the three rooms wondering how he would ever be able to get out when he suddenly noticed a flute hanging on the wall. Why should such an instrument be here? Surely no one can make merry in such a place. He paced back and forth for such a long time that the dirt beneath him began to sink. Finally he stopped, took the flute from the wall and played a few notes. Suddenly, a group of gnomes appeared out of thin air and with every note he played, more arrived. He played until the entire room was filled. What do you desire? asked one gnome. I wish to get back to the surface so that I might go home, Hans replied. And with that, the gnomes grabbed every strand of hair on his head, lifted him up and flew him all the way back up to Earth's surface. Oh, how he rejoiced to see the sun again. Thank you, dear friends. I shall go to the king's palace now to right the wrong which has been done to me and to see Mirabelle again, for whom I pine. Then we shall go with you, huntsman, and see that your desire is fulfilled. And so the gnomes set out with Hans and journeyed all the way to the king's palace. All throughout this time, Mirabelle could not find a moment alone with her father, for the two huntsmen crowded around her like bees to honey, for they knew she would tell the truth, so they kept a watchful eye. Finally, just when the sun was setting, Hans walked through the palace gates. The huntsmen could not believe their eyes. No! they cried. And the princesses were so overjoyed that the two older girls fainted. The king, thinking Hans had done them wrong, ordered him and his friends to the dungeon. But Mirabelle stopped in front of Hans. 
Pray look, father, he wears my necklace. This man saved our lives. He is called Hans, and I should like to take him for my husband. It was these two scoundrels who left him to perish beneath the ground and made us tell lies. I tried to tell you, but we had not a moment alone. They are the ones who should be ordered to the dungeon. Immediately, the gnomes picked the two huntsmen up by the hairs on their arms, flew them down into the well, and locked them up. Hans and Mirabel were married that very day, but not before she told the king, Father, you must share the apples from your tree with everyone in the land as a wedding gift to me. For it was I who picked an apple and ate from it. I shared with my sisters, and it was your wish upon that tree which sent us down to the depths of the earth. We must undo this with generosity. The king could not believe it. It was his own selfishness which had taken his beautiful children from him. And so he himself went to the tree and said, Let one apple grow for every person in the land. He plucked the apples, and as he did, another grew, and another and another, until every person was given one of the ruby-red apples. Hans and Mirabel were married, and the people rejoiced, and they lived happily ever after. The End Good night, children. <laughs>